everyone, and welcome to another episode of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, a podcast for business owners, by business owners, who are willing to share their tips, their strategies, their tools, their expertise, and their knowledge to help you, the listener, grow your business and to soar higher. Today, we're talking with Jamie Sculty, who is the owner of Upscale Your Business, a company providing executive-level virtual assistant and social media marketing services to solo entrepreneurs, professional coaches, and consultants. Jamie's been featured on Forbes.com, South Florida Business Spotlight, Savvy Biz Woman Magazine, Launch Ladies, and Paycheck to Passion Podcast. With over 25 years administrative management and marketing experience, Jamie stays current on the latest in social media trends and business technology. This wide-ranging experience, coupled with her innate organizational talents, has allowed her to implement and manage systems, structures, and procedures, which maximize the efficiency of her clients' businesses and helps them increase their bottom line. Jamie has also written several articles relating to business administration and social media. Welcome, Jamie. Thank you, Nancy. Great to be with you. I'm really excited to talk to you today because there were a couple of words in that bio that caught my attention and the bells are going cling, <laughs> cling, cling. <laughs> talking about systems, structures, and procedure. Yes. yes. Let's, let's talk about that. Just jump right in here and let's talk about that for a minute because right. when I mention, because that's what I do too, I teach the structures and the systems. And when I talk to people about those things, their eyes roll back into the back of their head. They, I don't want to hear that stuff. Why is it so important? Why is it, first of all, that people don't want to talk about it? And why do they need to talk about it? I don't know why they don't want to talk about it. I, I think it's so important. Um, I think systems are what kind of, you know, it's predictability about your business, right? So everything needs to have a, a process and documented, you know, and especially when you're working with a team. So everything that you do should be documented somewhere so that somebody could step in. You know, if you're not available, don't want to do it, that it's all documented. So one of the things that I recommend is a, and what we provide our clients is a business operations manual. And we document everything in there. You know, it could be passwords, although I don't recommend just putting those onto a Word document. They should be in a secure environment. But other things, scripts, templates, responses. When you respond to somebody in an email and you find that you're re rep doing a repetitive kind of, you know, script, you want to document that. Have that somewhere where you can easily refer to it and just, you know, copy, paste it into an email, edit it for, for, to meet that criteria and then hit send and it's as simple as that so you're not recreating the wheel and that goes for every process that you do in your business everything should have a system your social media should be systematized you should be marketing all day every day and you should have a you should have a program that's doing that and a person to run that <laughs> so yeah so i don't know why people don't why they would resist it and i don't only think that it's because they're not aware that they should have it so I think when I talk about it with people, they go, oh, that's that's too much work. I don't understand mm -hmm. those things. I have to buy the software and I can't afford it. And, you know, all of those kinds of excuses. And yeah. and I know there's so much out there that 
Yeah, I'm looking to try to find a better CRM system myself right now. Uh-huh. And I've got this process and I've got this process already in place that do bits and pieces, but they yeah. don't do the whole thing. So yeah. if I want to get this new thing, we're going to have to redo everything to get yeah. it into the new program. And, you know, this sort of works. So why do I need to do something else? You know, we those are the... careful of the bright, shiny object syndrome. And I know I've been guilty of it too, you know, where I've jumped from one program program to another. Oh, this one has a little bit more bells and whistles. So I'll go there. And I found myself constantly doing that. So I just go with good enough is good enough. You know, if I find something that like really will make an impact, then I, I may consider it. And I have, a, I have a terrific CRM program, but depend, you and I can talk offline about, you know, what I would recommend. Well, share, share it because that's, that's <laughs> yeah. what this is all about is yeah. letting people know the, the different tools. Well, share what you what use. Needing, but I will just speak to, there's a program that I use called 17 Hats. And it's just like, do you know it? Have you heard I of do. it in your head? Okay. Yeah. So I love that program because it is a CRM in the way that you can, you know, track their name, email address, all their contact info. But it's also a really great prospect. I call it a prospect to clients funnel, if you will, um, where you, you can take people through a workflow. You know, from the time they express interest with you, you can have all your scripts and templates, which we were just discussing about a business offer. I took my business operations manual and put everything from that into 17 hats. And all I have to do is push a button and say review, and then I just make my edits and then I hit send. So that's another thing that it does. And thirdly, what's really great, if, if people are interested in this type of thing, it is a program that allows you to send out your proposal, your contract, and your invoice all at once. So I used to, you know, send out my proposal and then if they accepted it, then I would have to send like a DocuSign or Echo Sign, and then I would have to chase them down for the money. You know, this way it's all done in one foul swoop. They accept the proposal, they sign the contract and they pay you. And can't ask for anything better than that. (laughs) Nothing better than that. So that program to me has been a godsend and I've been using it for about two years and I can't, I have yet to come across something that would take me away from it. Yeah, that's great. And that's and those are the kinds of things that I'm looking to share. And I do know the program. I do know other people who use it and I would definitely highly recommend it. That's yeah. you know. And and it seems to me when we're talking the the I think what you wind up needing to do is to start out with an overall strategy. What is it that I want to accomplish? And then go from that to creating the process. Well, I want to do this. I want to, you know, so my, my strategy for podcasts, let's use as an example. My strategy for podcasts is to get as many people that I believe have information, valuable information to share into a forum where my listeners can learn from them. That's the strategy. Right. The process then is to, first of all, let people know that I'm looking for them. Secondly, it's to talk to them to see if they're a fit. Third, it's to actually get them on the podcast. Fourth, it's cleaning up the podcast. And five, it's putting it out there for people to hear. You know, now we come to the actual tools. How the heck are we going to do this? You know, so I don't, I think people jump in and they'll say, well, I want to do this. 
how am I going to do it? But they don't do the, there's a process in actually creating the process. <laughs> yes, I, I was, I'm actually writing myself some notes because I don't want to forget to touch on. I have a similar thing. I do a web, we do a, I have a partner and he and I do a live webinar every month. And we also do a live implementation call with our group members. And both processes take a long, a lot to do. There's a lot of steps as you can relate. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, I had to go through the process to design it and mm -hmm. start to document it. And then what I started to do as I was, as I perfected it, I did about three months on my own. And then I started to record videos to train my assistant to go and do that. So then I created a Google doc where I have the step-by-steps with the video and I went a step further and I had another person on my team kind of transcribe the videos. So there's a video to watch, but there's also step-by-steps if, if I have a team member who prefers to read it and go through mm -hmm. it rather than watch the video. So I've mm -hmm. kind of got both and now it's all systematized so that I can fully step out. Now I just, when it's webinar time, I say, Kathy, here's the next date of our webinar. Here's the, here's our guest expert. You take care of the rest. And I'm still there to like check the, you know, check the drafts and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so it's all about creating systems for everything you do in your business. And screencasting software is a, it could be your very best friend. And there's tons of free services that you can do a screen, a screencast and, and record right. a video. Right. Yeah. Your, your I, I have one that I will share with everybody. And that one is one that particularly works well for what you said when you were creating videos to train your assistant. Yeah. Have you heard of the program Loom? Yes, I use Loom. Yep. I also it's use Screencast-O-Matic, and I've also used Jing. So there's, there are, there's tons. But yes, Loom is a great one. Yeah. And it's great because you can also send a video to somebody, and you can see when they've opened it. Yep. Yeah. I, I love it. And it's, yeah. I, I sort of geek out at all this stuff. Yeah. So tiny object syndrome is real <laughs> with me because I go, Oh, I want to try this. <laughs> yes. Yes. But I, yeah. I think too, that another thing that holds people back, I find when I tell people I train them that they don't want the education, they don't want the training. They just want to do it. You know, yeah. they want it done. Want it done, yeah. And when you say it's going to take time, it is a complex thing for many of these systems and many of these processes that we're talking about. It takes time to create them. Yes. But once they're created, yes. you don't you have like to worry this. about it anymore. It's it's automatic or most that's right. They hear that it's going to take. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they hear it's going to take time, and now nah, I don't, you know, plug the ears. I don't want to. I don't want to deal with that. Right. So they wind up, and and before I started doing all of these things, I've got notebooks full of notes where I would write down. I did this. I did this. Then I did this, so that I could remember what it was I did last time, so I could do it again the next time. Right. Otherwise, it was never the same twice. Yes. Yeah, so essentially, we were trying to tell people, don't, don't keep reinventing the wheel. When you've got a system that works, document it. It takes time. Like you said, it takes time. It takes time to know what your system is going to be. But once you have that initial map out, then the rest of it is just putting, the piece, puddle, putting all your puzzle pieces together. And so mm -hmm. then you can just easily hand it off. And then that's one less thing you ever even have to look at ever again. So if you, all of you out there listening, watching, you know, 
really take that to heart. You know, it's, yes, it takes time, but do it and then it's done. And then you can move on to your next phase in your business. The next thing that's going to bring you the business yeah. that you want. Yeah. We always say Mark and I, my partner that I was mentioning his, his, uh, his comment is always, you know, what do I really, really, really want out of my business? And what's the fastest, easiest path to get there? So yeah, and, and let's let's jump back to that for a minute because I alluded to it a, a couple of minutes ago when I said yeah. there's there's three different things. When we when I I really think we need to start with the what do I want from my business? Yes. yes. You know, so Truly. talk about that for a minute. Yeah. So you know, you have to get very clearly defined. What is it that, what is the outcome that you want to provide? What, what's the transformation that you want to provide to your clients, to your listeners, whatever? Um, and who do you, who do you want to attract to have that? Because if you're dealing with people you don't want to be dealing with every day, it makes life not so much fun. So attract those that you want to work with. But you have to be super clear about that. And I know when I ask people, you know, who, who's your target market? Who, who's your ideal client? And nine times out of 10, I get, well, I mean, something to this effect, anybody with a credit card, you know, I, and most of the time I get answers like, well, I help small businesses or I help entrepreneurs. And so I say, you know, well, let's go on LinkedIn and see how many small businesses and entrepreneurs there are. There's millions upon millions of them, or they'll say, I help women. Okay. Well, LinkedIn has like, I don't know, 43 million people and half of those are women. So, you know, you want to niche it down to something a lot smaller and, and I know you and I were just talking before we got on the air about, you know, your, your target market. And so back to the, you know, what do I really, really want? Who do I want to work with? What is the transformation I want to provide to them? What do I want to get out of my business? What is the satisfaction that I hold? And what's my responsibilities around all of that? And then again, the next phase of that is what's the fastest, easiest path to get you to all of those things. Yeah. But you have to be very clear on what you want. Write it down. You know, journal yeah, absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I yeah. think um, my, yours is anybody with a credit card. Mine is anybody who has skin. You know, they, <laughs> they yeah. you know, it's, it's everybody's got skin, but I'm allergic to anything with a scent in it. So I am not the target market for most people who sell these, you know, makeup programs. And right. And, but anybody who's got skin, I mean, you know, come on, guys. But I yeah. think people are afraid. They don't understand that they actually get more business yes. when they when they have fewer people they're trying to spread the word to. They're, they're afraid of cutting off a particular point of revenue by, by saying, well, I only work with. Right. They feel it's limiting. And I can speak to that because I stayed stuck for about two and a half years of my four and a half year struggle in my business. So if I may just share briefly, you know, I had that same, I had a coach telling me you need a niche, you need a target market, ideal client, all of that. And I just couldn't hear it. La la la, I can't hear you. Why would I turn away business? I couldn't imagine. I'm like, that's so limiting. Why would I limit? Mm -hmm. And the truth of the matter is it doesn't mean that you have to turn away any business. If somebody comes your way and you want to work with them and you can help them, be open to that for sure. You don't have, it doesn't have to be limiting. It's more of a, uh, a segmenting of who, who could benefit the most. And by the way, a little PS, you know, when you do specialize in something, you can charge more for that specialty. So, you know, you're like, you were saying you can work with less clients paying you more money 
and feel a lot more fulfilled. I know when I was working with anybody and everybody, you know, and as I started out originally as just a, not just a, but a virtual assistant, you know, um, then I was compared to, well, I have this other virtual assistant who charges a whole lot less, you know, so you're dealing with a lot of competition when you have a really targeted market. You know, I, let's say I help business coaches. That's my target market. Then it's, it, they're a lot more desirable to work with me because they know I've helped people just like them so they can relate and they're willing to pay more for that. They're willing to pay more. So it's not a limiting thing. It's a, it's, it just helps you to identify and for them to identify that you're the right one to work with. Yeah. And there's lots of strategy around all of that, you know, and, and getting those people and well, yeah. and, and, you know, you do a, you do a Google search and you do a Google search for, you know, virtual assistants who work with business coaches. You're going to have fewer names that comes up on that Google list than if you just type in virtual assistants. Uh, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So you're, yes. you know, you're going to find people are going to be able to find you people who are looking as a business coach, they're looking for someone who knows how to work with business coaches is going to be more apt to find you than they are if they just go through this huge list. So yeah, and also if you kind of niche down what it is that you do, like for example, I no longer really market myself as a virtual assistant. Although if somebody's looking for that, they could still find me and that's okay. But I, I identify myself now as a business and marketing, social media marketing strategist, you know, okay. that helps business coaches. Um, mm -hmm. and I have no lack of business for that. You know, I have people coming my way and even, you know, at times I've had a waiting list, you know, yeah. because they want that special niche. She yeah. gets me, she understands me and my unique challenges and, 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 and unique, um, you know, positive attributes and all of that. Yeah, absolutely. We've started getting kind of away from the the processes and strategies, and that's okay because I actually want to get into if, if anybody wants that's listening wants to know more about the processes and the strategies, you can always give Jamie a call. You can hit her up on email, on Facebook, however, and we'll give you all that information in the show notes Great. when this is over. But let's now move more into the marketing part of your business. Okay. And talk about how, and we've actually started this, how do yeah. we become more visible? How does our business, for me, for some reason, everybody thinks I'm a business coach and I'm not. I call myself a strategist as well. Yeah. And I do have a very specific niche that I work with. But if people are looking for a business coach, and let's say that was my title, business yeah. coach, how am I going to make myself more visible? Because there are a million and two business coaches out there. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Um, so. A very good strategy is, well, of course, you want to just share your knowledge and your expertise out there on social media. You know, that's really what you have to be visible and you have to be consistent. So if you have those two pieces that will, you know, that will equate to marketing success. And what you can use for that is your blog. I do highly recommend a blog. So those of you out there who don't have any articles written, um, get some. <laughs> Write some, pay for some, whatever it takes. Get some content on your website and use that as like, breadcrumbs out on social media, just a little bit of a teaser, you know, a couple paragraphs on Facebook and here's the key, read more. Click here to read more. 
bring them over to your website to read the rest of the article. And if you're sharing your expertise, and I mean, we could have, you know, probably a two hour conversation about that. So I'm just kind of abbreviating a bit here. But once people take up your breadcrumb and they go to your website and they read the rest of the article, then your next step is to have a call to action. What is the next thing that they should do after they read? Because you don't, the last thing you want, and I see this, this is a very common mistake, so I'm just going to point it out because I see it more often than not. The article is, you know, the call to action might be something like, leave a comment below. What did you think of this article? That's not a call to action. You could invite them to do that, but it should be if you are needing support or you're ready for support in this area or this area, then click here too. And click here could be, click here to schedule a call with me. Or what I recommend even before that is click here to fill out my needs assessment form and tell me a little bit about your current situation and then we'll schedule a call to talk about that and how we can resolve that with you. Um, so that's a call to, so again, breadcrumb, blog to breadcrumb to social media post to your website. Everything should be leading people back to your website. And as long as everything on your website has a call to action or you could have several throughout your site. You could have one call to action going over, you know, maybe it's to read another article that you've written. You know, any, you have to take people by the hand. So call to action is, is uber important. And, and you know, that's interesting. We're, we're on the same brainwave here because I've written many, many, many blogs over the yeah. years. And in almost all of them, I may talk about what's a mastermind and why a mastermind is important for business owners and, and all of that. And always at the end of it, I said, and, you know, if you're looking for a really great mastermind program, click here and it takes me to you know my my landing page for mastermind groups then I'm almost sort of afraid to put that out there because I've been yelled at you don't do that in a blog that's sales that's what it's all about (laughs) actually if if, if people are offended by that then they're not your people that's how I feel about that I get I get that pushback sometimes but then I have other people who are grateful to have read the article. They'll comment on like LinkedIn, say something about it. Great. Some people do go to the next step. So you can't let one or two people sidetrack you from your mission, which is to just be helpful. You're not, you're not hitting them over the head to come over. They read something that got them over there. Mm -hmm. If they don't want to go down the next step, they don't have to. Right. Right. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't let that be uh, a holder, holder back item. Another thing I wanted to say in, in relation to the blog is, and the breadcrumbs idea, because what we do, my team will create what I call blurbs, and they're basically excerpts out of each one of your articles. Because what happens when you write a blog article, typically, this is the mistake I see a lot too, is that you know people will post it on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, wherever, Pinterest, Instagram, whatever, and that's it. And then I say it kind of dies on the vine. So you've spent time writing it, editing it, proofreading it, you know, putting it up on your blog, and then that's it. It dies. Nobody's, you know, if you look at your statistics, how many people actually went to that post on your website? If you look at your Google Analytics, you Mm -hmm. might see that, you know, one person might have read it. Our goal is to keep that blog post alive as long as it's evergreen, meaning that it's not related to a particular season, you know, holiday, whatever. As long as it's evergreen, meaning it never is, it will always be relevant, then you want to be putting out those excerpts uh, on a regular basis and you want to have them rotating. So you're not just marketing the same article day after day. You want to, you know, market article A, 
one day and then article B the next day and then article C and you wanna go through A through Z and then come back to A. And by the time you get back to A, people have forgotten that they even saw it in the first place. Yeah. So you wanna be that, out there and visible. That's a great, great, great tip. I love that. It's a good strategy and we do that for our clients, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My big problem when I write blogs or even when I'm doing my Facebook lives, I'll go, hey, today is Columbus Day or something like that. And I go, I, yeah, I shouldn't yeah. have done that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had to edit out stuff like that when we've done webinars because we make our webinars evergreen after we do them live. So I, I always tell my partner, let's not, you know, let's not comment on the fact that it's Christmas right now, you know, because we're going to have this always let let everything you do become an, a long term asset for your business. Mm -hmm. You know, try mm -hmm. not to. You know, so if you have to edit out something that's related to a date. A good yeah, idea. Yeah. <laughs> I got. Uh, uh, you know, doggone it. I shouldn't have done that. But uh, uh, that's okay. Nobody's going to be mad at you. <laughs> well, and, and I guess that really is a question. It, just because I say or somebody says, you know, today's Columbus Day, what are you doing today? But then the whole rest of the conversation is something that's of value 300. Yeah. Five days. Does it really matter that I no. say? <laughs> no, because you know what, Nancy, we're human. We're all human. And so if you had some great idea and it happened to have been recorded three years ago, but it's still relevant, that's it. That's the key. And, you know, we always talk about people do business with those they know, like, and trust. And when we show our humanity, we show our, oops, I made a mistake or oops, this was, you know, back in Columbus Day and here it is, you know, Valentine's Day, you know, mm -hmm. who cares really at the end of the day, if they, if, again, if they have a problem with it, they're not your people. Right. <laughs> I love yeah. doing business with people who come my way because they related to me in some way. And I know for years I was, I wouldn't get on video. I just wouldn't, I just was too shy. I always thought people were judging me, you know, and I finally got over it. And I'll tell you the absolute difference that it's made in my business. It's really elevated things because people do get to know, like, and trust just mm -hmm. by seeing me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they may make a judgment, but oh, well, you know, I'm kind of over it at this point because, you know, people are, will come my way and it's all, yeah. it's all good. So be authentic. Yeah. That's really the. I, and I think that's yeah. so true. I think, you know, and in fact, um, I use me as an example for everything because I don't want to use my clients in general, but I, I try to be, I am funny. I've had so many people say you belong in the circus. <laughs> <laughs> or as a comedian or something and I'm going oh gee thanks here I am trying to be this professional and but I, I make people laugh yeah. and you know when so they get to know me and then they go over to my website and they'll go this isn't you you know this yeah, is this is dry it's mm. static it's you know put you in it I, I'm not you know I'll I'll pay more attention to it when I know it's really you. <laughs> I was just talking about this yesterday with my, with my partner about, uh, we were doing the live implementation call and I was sharing about the fact that I opened my Facebook page. It's, it's a public or my Facebook personal. Mm -hmm. It's a public open anybody who wants to. And I, most of my clients end up friending me on Facebook and I'm good with that. I love that because mm -hmm. I am myself. I always say my biz, my business is an extension of who I am. So I want them to go to my Facebook. I want them to friend me. And, you know, if they have an issue with, you know, my, my politics or my, you know, my, my child or what I'm posting or what, whatever, 
then they don't have to be my friend. But I feel that people, my clients get to know me and, and like me even more because I've opened myself up to that. So yep. we were talking about the fact that some people do close themselves off. They're like, they become like a, they have a commodity they want to sell, maybe a, a program of some kind. And they, and a lot of people have that thinking of, well, I'm just going to put this out online and people are going to buy it. And I think people are not so interested in buying from just a screen. They want to know who they're buying from. Why should they trust you? Why should they take your word for it? So I think, you know, that's another good point is, you know, be yourself in your business and uh, people will relate to that. And then they will want to work with you and, and pay you. That's a great yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 I, I, I think, and I get so frustrated when I've, I don't just accept everybody's likes. And, you know, when they, when they want me to like them, I normally, I will look at their profiles. I'll, you know, I may comment on a couple of their posts and I just want to get a feel for them before I actually become a friend with them. Yeah. So I do that and I decide, yeah, they look like they're pretty decent. You know, I, I think it's somebody I'd like to know. So I go ahead and friend them. The minute I accept their friend request, I get a PM saying, oh, I've got this program that I think would be just absolutely perfect for you, just drives me nuts. I agree. <laughs> I agree. And so my my comment is like, I don't just accept those who want to connect with me. It's really like my clients. If I see that a client is, you know, somebody that's working with me and they want to know me on Facebook, I'm good with that. But yeah, there are people out there who are literally going to just try to sell to you and make it, make it just kind of smarmy. Yeah. yeah. And, and an interesting thing that I just learned, I just did an experiment on um, a couple of weeks ago, and it actually works is with Facebook changing their algorithms all the time. Yeah. Um, somebody that I had been talking to said that, because I had like 4,000 friends on my personal page or my personal profile. Yeah. And a lot of those people, I didn't have a clue who they were. We had never talked, you know, they just had been sitting around for years because I've, I've been on Facebook since 2008. Yeah. So I've been there for a while. Yeah. And you know, these people had just been sitting there. I put a thing up on my, on my timeline that said, if you want to stay on my friends list, comment, let me know, tell me something that, that I want to know. Yeah. If not, you're going bye-bye. And I got rid of almost a thousand people. Wow. And as a consequence of that, I am seeing posts from people I haven't seen in years. Ah, yeah. I'm I'm getting people actually starting to comment and like and share my posts. And it's become a much more active community just by getting rid of that deadwood that's on there. Yeah, because you, and that's a very good point because, you know, you you get littered with everybody's stuff, their posts. And so the more people that you have in your circle, you're going to start seeing, you're going to continue to see all of that kind of junk mail, if you will, or spam. And so that's a really great point. I'm going to actually point that out to my clients. That's a very good idea. 
is yeah. to get rid of all that spam and that clutter and just focus on what's important. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's important. Obviously, you know, and, and so many people go around saying, well, I've got 4,000 people on my likes list. And so what? What's, you know, what is the value of that unless you're interacting with all 4,000 of them? And I don't yeah. think that's happening. Right. So, you know, it's much better to have fewer, more active people yeah than you know than to have this huge list of people it's like that your you target market you know the, when you serve everyone you serve no one you help no yep. one <laughs> yeah yeah yep. absolutely so i talked about my website for a second let's let's shift gears a little bit okay. and talk about how you get your website to be a more active part of your business Right. So we talked about uh, using your breadcrumbs to pull people into your website. So your website really needs to be optimized to take people to the next steps because we talked about a call to action. So what, what on your website is going to have people be excited, be interested to work with you, be pretty much primed before they even get to speak with you. And that to me is a needs assessment form. That's what I call it. Some people call it an intake form, a discovery form, whatever. Um, and I feel like you should have on there some very um, pointed questions, and I'll just give you an example of one, and there's several, and you, you can visit my website to see what, what I have in place, but I say something like, what's going on in your business that tells you support is in order? And the key phrase beyond that, in parentheses, is check all that apply. So you want to have a bunch of what I call yes statements. And I think I have like 12 to 15 yes statements. So an example of a yes statement is I've reached a level in my business, uh, reached a level of success in my business that I'm proud of, but I'd like to take it to the next level. Check. I have social media, but I don't know how to use it. Check. I have a website, but it's not optimized. It's not taking people to the next steps or it could be, you know, it could be better optimized. Check. You want people to identify so you know your clients, like, you know, everybody that's listening, you have, if you have some idea and you have a target market of some kind, you probably know what they're struggling with. So if you take all of that and put those into yes statements and let them check as many boxes as possible, because by the time they're done checking boxes, they're feeling like you get me and we need to talk. I can't wait to speak to Jamie because she gets me and she seems to have a grasp on what I'm struggling with. And so that's my, my biggest suggestion is a needs assessment form and that those that's the key phrase what's going on in your blank that tells you support is in order check all that apply and so that gets people juiced up excited can't wait to talk to you and in addition to that what we suggest and what we help our clients to do not just to create the needs assessment form but to create some type of homework if you will so a confirmation email that goes out first of all once they fill out your form you, should, you want them to be redirected to your calendar link, a scheduling link of some kind. So if you don't have that, we can help with that too. And that's part of our process. But aside from that, once they book the call, there needs to be some kind of confirmation. And in that confirmation, not just, hey, I can't wait to talk to you on Tuesday, October 16th. I want to, uh, can't wait for that. You want to give them some additional homework, I call it, pre-work, if you will. So I have, I direct people with more calls to action here. To find out more about how we help you impact your business, click here. I encourage you before our call to read my client success stories, click here. And again, you're just getting them more excited. So the, they're going down the rabbit hole of finding out more about you. 
and it's a good rabbit hole. It's not like they got sucked into, you know, right. some vortex. It's like they, they are happy to be there. They want to be pointed to where you want them to go. And most of the time when I get on the phone with somebody or in a Zoom meeting, which is how I do my consults, they tell me, I, I, you know, I did all the homework and I really checked you out. And, oh my gosh, all your testimonials are impressive. And, you know, all, you want them to come to that call ready, ready for that transformation that you can provide to them, right? Also, I do suggest if for those of you who do have pricing on your website, get it off of your website. Don't put your pricing on your website. And here's why. So I just give this as a, like a little side tip because I see this mistake a lot. And I know people think, well, it's fair. I should be, you know, people want to know what I charge. It should be something that I should just give to them. No. And so I, I've been down that road of pricing, no pricing. And, and here's where I ended up. And I think this summarizes it. When you have your pricing on your website, people make judgments. So if your pricing is what they consider too low, they're like, she must not be very good. And if your pricing is what they consider is high, they're like, who does she think she is? I don't even know her. Why would I, well, how could somebody charge that? Either way, they're making a judgment and you won't even know they were there on your site. They're just going to click off and they're going to go price hunt somewhere else. So the goal is to really just get them on the phone, get meet with them consult with them. If you're that kind of coach and you're not doing like group coaching, or even if you are doing group coaching, you can, you know, invite them in based on your consult. Your pricing is going to depend on what they need. And so it's not a one size fits all kind of thing. You know, it could be, but they don't have to know that. So I, I just, that's a little tip I give because I see that mistake a lot. And I think, I wonder if people are even going through, and most people have, instead of a needs assessment, they have a contact me form. And it's so ineffective because, you know, they're not, they're not getting, they're not getting a, that kind of questionnaire where they're identifying their problem. And you're, and also that needs assessment form helps you to run your consult because you can you print it out or have it up on your screen and you could say, well, you mentioned that you're struggling with this, this, and this. Let's talk about that. Yep. And yep. then your consult is all that more successful. So all of that emanates from the website. That goes back to your website question. I hope that answers and really is a good, helpful tip. Oh, it, it absolutely is. And, and my story about that is it's not the same thing, but it's, it's a similar back in the day when people still had yellow pages. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yes. I had an ad for many years. I had an ad for my business in the yellow pages. And when I'm first starting out, I can't afford anything. So it was just the free little name and phone number. And as I grew more successful, my ads grew bigger. Yeah. Until I got to a point where I bought a quarter page ad to the tune of $500 a month. Oh. which was a lot of money back then. Yeah, yeah. And I had been I had been getting steadily growing. I had been getting more and more and more and more business. That new yellow pages came out with that new ad that I was so proud of. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. I quit getting calls. And I finally asked somebody, you know, who had called me what's going on here? What, you know, why is, what kind of a thing is this? And they said that if you can afford $500 a month, or if you can afford, they didn't know the price, but if you uh -huh. can afford that large wow. an ad, you're going to charge more than I can afford for your services. Wow. 
It's interesting. That's an interesting case study in psychological behavior. But it's the same thing. Yeah. It's the yeah. same thing. They did not yeah. know what I was charging. And we used to do tape transcription, yeah. by the way. Uh-huh. <laughs> you okay. know, and, and, you know, but they had no clue how much we charged, but yeah. they just assumed an assumption. Yeah. that yeah. it was a lot of money because I had that big ad in the phone book. Yeah. So the same thing is true, I think, with what you're talking about with putting your prices on yes. your website. Yes. I mean, people think it's an easy, you know, it's, well, I don't want people bothering me for my pricing, so I'll just put it up. And, you know, it's really, it just isn't serving anybody. It's not serving the potential client. It's not serving you. And back yeah. to like the contact me form, you know, the other kind of problem with that, if you will, is that people fill out your contact me form. They just give their typical name, first name, last name, email address. And maybe they put in a comment because you ask for something. And the, the experience that they're having is they click send or submit. And they're like, I wonder if she got it. I wonder if it's been received or I wonder when I'm going to hear from her. Mm -hmm. I wonder, you know, and so eliminate the wonder, you know, have them fill out the form and then have them get right onto your schedule. And so what happens is you end up in your inbox, you get their assessment form and their scheduled appointment and you're ready to go. Yeah. Ready to go. They're excited. They're primed and you've given them homework also. So they're researching yeah. you even further. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think another point to that whole thing is if, if I get an assessment form, I'm thinking she's thinking about me. She understands what I'm going through. She cares about me. Yes. If I just yes. get a contact form, it's oh, all she cares about is signing me up as a new client. That's right. And I even have a, a and I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a boilerplate, it's a template, but when they send in their form, I have the response, the automated response with the homework says, you know, it starts out with, you know, hi, Nancy. So I'm glad you've scheduled. Can't wait to speak with you on this date. Thank you so much for filling out my form. There were some interesting things I'm looking forward to that you filled out that I'm looking forward to discussing with you. So, you know, for, for all you know, that could have just been something that I wrote right then and there. Mm -hmm. I've reviewed your, your message and I'm really excited to be able to help you. And the excitement is kind of uh, mirrored back and, and that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I want to talk about one more thing. We're running yeah. out of time, but um, when something you just said, it, it rings bells with me too. You have to be careful when you have automated forms go out because you don't want them to think it's an automated form. Right. Correct? Um, I don't think it matters, honestly. I Personally, I just that's not the feeling that I've gotten. Um, I know that because it worked on me, so I actually adopted that from somebody who had the same kind of process, and I sent in their form on a Saturday, and I remembered receiving, it wasn't immediate, it was kind of set up to go out like maybe an hour after they filled it out, and I think that's how I have mine set up, I'd have to remind myself of that but I remember feeling wow she, she's sitting around on a Saturday reading my form that's pretty cool I didn't realize that it was an automated form but I now think I, my po I think yeah. my point is that the wording you use you yeah. have to be careful with how you write them that's so true. that the people do think yes that yes. that was my point yes yeah. absolutely so that they do think and they feel that you are you are on top of your game because I think, the, I think the whole thing that we're talking about here from the beginning of this conversation on is building, is the, the building of a relationship, is building the yeah. like trust, you know, factors where 
the people think you really care about them. And if you send them messages that say you're just one of, and I don't really care, I want your credit card. Yeah. You know, you're not going to get the type of business that you're looking for. Yes. I know. I say, when I have people who reach out and say, you know, I'm, I'm interested to find out more. And then I put them through the 17 hats process, the workflow. And, you know, I send them an email to say, great, thank you for expressing interest, but here's my form. Let's get on a call. And you'd be amazed at how many people like say they're interested and then they don't take any action. So my final email to them reflects back what they said in the first place. You know, if they said, you know, I really do need, uh, I really do need some help with my marketing. I will put that into the email and say directly, you stated this is this still true for you if so you know so it just mirrors it back and so yeah you the automation can be can be great but you also do want to personalize wherever wherever possible if Mm -hmm. if you will yeah 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 i i think that makes so much sense is yes use the automation but use it in such a way and i think that's why bots have gotten some good reviews but they've also gotten some not very good reviews because you know, they can send you down the wrong kind of rabbit hole. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And some people are very salesy and all of that. So yeah, everything you do in your business, do it the right way. Do it in a very, you know, positive, compassionate way. And I mean, I, I have some automation in my business and people a lot of times will respond to the automation and say to me, you know, I get a lot of these types of messages, but yours resonated with, like there was something about yours that has me more curious and yeah. so, yes, it is about that human connection. It's not just about sales. It, Absolutely. It's that building relationships. It's the reason why I now am on video to do my consults and I'm willing to open myself up to be seen more, heard more, and be okay with that because I want to be developing relationships. And yeah. it's not just about sales either. I mean, I do like virtual coffees where I meet people and, you know, we find out that they want me to be a guest on their podcast as you have. Or, you know, I, I have found like people who work for me now because I met somebody who knew somebody who could help mm-hmm. me in a certain area. So any which way that you can, you know, if you're craving connection and you can come off, you know, be authentic in everything that you do, you don't know where those uh, paths are going to lead you. Everything should be, you know, leading you to all kinds of things, not just sales. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, with that, Jamie, this has been an absolutely incredible conversation. I I think anyone listening has certainly gotten a great deal of value out of it. Is there any one last thing you'd like to share before we end this? I think I just did. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. I don't want to take up too much time thinking about it. But yeah, just just be authentic in who you are. Figure out who you want to serve um, and who you would just get the most joy out of. And, And have every day be a joyful work day. I always say, you know, with ease, ease and joy, everything should be easy, joyful, you know, surround yourself with really great people to help you to, to delegate to, to be on your team and, uh, you know, continue bringing your transformation out into the world. Beautiful. I love it. If somebody does want to, you know, talk to you, see about working with you, just check things out. How do they get a hold of you? Yep. So my website is upscaleyourbusiness.com and everything is there. Uh, You know, if you want to fill out my form, if you want to just, you know, contact me, it's all there. It's all there on my website. So, I mean, I could give you 20 different links, but as I say, everything should emanate from your website. So go there, read through my blogs, you know, find a way to contact me and I'm here for you. All right. That's, that's wonderful. Thank you you so much, Jamie. (laughs) 
everybody website. listening today, you know, if you have any questions, go to our website. It's upscaleyourbusiness.com. You can um, ask questions here on the podcast. You can, you know, send messages to me at nancy at don'twaittillpigsfly.com. We're reachable everywhere you look for us. And um, you can hear these podcasts every week, Thursday evening, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can find them at www.don'twaittillpigsfly.com. And until we meet again, get out there, be productive, and soar higher. Take care, y'all, and we will talk again soon. Y'all take care now. Bye-bye. Bye.